Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Shube, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Our mission is to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness services. Our vision, healthy and educated communities where dreams become reality. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders. I'm excited today that we're going to be discussing solutions and people skills for abrasive leaders. I know that... um, Jordan Goldrich, our guest for today, has a lot on this perspective, and I'll say abrasive leaders, the bad, the good, and a unique perspective and solution that Jordan will be bringing. Jordan, thank you for joining us today. Cheryl, it's my pleasure to be here and my honor. Thank you. Yeah, so Jordan Goldrich is a speaker. He's an executive coach and the author of Workplace Warrior. People skills for the no BS executive, and I'm going to enjoy obviously um, invite our audience to also be uh, part of this conversation. If you'd like to email or call in questions, please feel free to do so. To email us, you can reach us at leadership matters questions at innovations.org, and innovations is i n n o v i s i o n s dot org, or call in to one eight six six four seven two. Five seven nine zero. Again, it's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. So, Jordan, let's get started. Going to ask Sounds you good. just to maybe, yeah, ask you just to share a little bit about yourself to um, get us going. Maybe you can um, maybe share a little bit about your background. Sure. So, uh, my background is at one point I thought I wanted to be a therapist, and I am a licensed clinical social worker, and did that for about ten years. And then I shifted more into management and leadership and became the vice president of operations of a small healthcare company here in San Diego, which did employee assistance programs and also managed behavioral health. And the team we had grew that uh, company to about, from about four employees to about 65 and sold it to Blue Cross of California. So during that period was where I got a lot of my leadership training and my business experience. Currently, I am an executive coach a, and a speaker, and I, and I primarily focus on helping executives who are experienced as abrasive or as bullies change the, unintended content, uh, the, un, the mostly unintended uh, impact of their behavior. Hmm, interesting. That's a very interesting, I would say, um, niche in this world of executive coaching. What's your connection to that topic? I'm thinking there has to be one in order to have um, gravitated toward, you know, this being an area, I'm going to say area of passion. Is this an area of passion? It is an area of passion. I, I think the, the real connection is that I grew up in a city housing project in New York in a loud New York family. And one of the stories I like to tell is that I was in the elevator about 11 years old with my friend Mitchell, and I'm in the elevator coming home for lunch on a Saturday afternoon, and we get off the elevator, and Mitchell says, Jordan, I don't think we should go in. I say, why not? He says, because your parents are fighting. 
And from loudly down the hall, I could hear back and forth. And I said, you know, we're talking to each other. It's fine. And so part of it is cultural would be the point that I'm making. However, through most of my life, the main challenge has been that people have told me I need to be less direct, uh, more direct, I'm sorry, less direct and more tactful. And so um, at one point in my career, I actually lost a job over this. And I'm not sure, is this a good time to tell that story, Cheryl? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm, and so I, I took from your first story that loud and maybe not so tactful <laughs> was an experience that you had growing up. Oh, that absolutely. the right message? Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. It, interestingly enough, again, just to highlight, I think there's an element that's cultural. So uh, mm-hmm. if you born and raised in and the South. And when you say cultural, you mean your life experience. This is your lived experience that you've carried into your adulthood. Well, beyond that, New okay. York culture versus, say, okay, Southern New culture, York culture or Midwest gotcha. culture. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I was sitting in my office one day, and I get a call from my boss asking me to come down to her office. And I get on down, and sitting there with her is the vice president of human resources whose office was three and a half hours away. And being the fast study that I am, I knew this was not good. And in fact, they proceeded to fire me for mismanaging my budget. The next day, I met the woman from the finance function who was my consultant on the development of my budget in a coffee shop. And she came over and she said, Jordan, I owe you an apology. And I said, why? And she said, well, you know how you kept telling me there was something wrong with your overhead and I kept looking at it and thinking that and not saying anything and acting like I didn't know what you were talking about? And I said, yes. And she said, and do you know how you asked me three times for a breakdown of your overhead and I never gave it to you? And I said, yes. She said, well, I did know what was wrong with your budget and I was told by our boss that if I gave it to you, I would lose my job. Ouch. Yes, the I, I I think numb or hit in the stomach is uh, a good is a good description. So sitting out in my car in what was ninety degree heat, I realized that I had a really good excuse for feeling uh, bitter and victimized for the next ten years, and I hate feeling bitter and victimized. So I decided to do what back then I would teach my counseling clients to do and what now I also, when people are going through really difficult times, I ask them to focus on what is it in that situation you controlled. And, and I had to admit, so, mm-hmm. oh, go mm-hmm. ahead, sorry. No, 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 good. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm wondering what your answer was to that. Well, my answer was, as I sat and thought about it, My answer was that I absolutely knew that my boss wanted more deference than I was giving her. And I didn't respect her because I had seen her do things like this before. And I wasn't profane, I wasn't unprofessional, but I was certainly my New York direct self, which I think you can still hear in my voice to this day. And so I also had to admit that I had other mentors and supervisors tell me that I need to be more direct, I'm sorry, more respectful and tactful and diplomatic. Mm -hmm. And I always sort of dismissed it with an argument around, I can't believe you're more concerned about my tone of voice than you are that these people are not performing. 
or that somebody's coming in late or whatever it is. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that despite my loud family, I had learned that people should be respected and I had believed that. And at the same time, there was another message, which was you don't have to respect people unless they deserve it. And there were somewhat con- conflicting messages. And at that moment, I decided that, the, that, that I needed to treat this as I was being smashed over the head, that it's not okay when my pressure cooker gets hot to be impatient and overly direct and perhaps disrespectful with people. So I made a commitment at that moment that it was going to stop. And so that's how I got so, involved in this. Okay, so, so interesting um, because... You had this perspective that people should be respected, and you also had this perspective that respect needed to be deserved. Yes. Um, so what seems to have been lacking there, I guess if I'm trying to pull all this together in my brain, is grace. Absolutely. Grace and compassion. Mm-hmm. Grace and compassion. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so if you felt it was deserved, you provided it, and if you didn't feel it was deserved, then, um, then you did not give right. respect. Yeah, and again, I, I didn't demean people. I wasn't using mm-hmm. profanity, but I certainly mm-hmm. got a tone, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I got plenty of feedback that that tone was experienced as disrespectful. Interesting, interesting. Um, so... In talking about um, your book, and, and I appreciate you sharing that personal story, both of those personal stories with regards to just um, home life um, and, you know, that we do see and hear things and bring it from there and regionally where we live can make a difference with regards to how we show up and, um, and then also, um, you know, sometimes even though we know better with regards to um, giving respect, sometimes we do get into a space of, I might say, arrogance um, and, um, and, and lack grace and compassion and feel like um, if you don't deserve it, I don't need to give it to you versus having a thought that everyone deserves respect. And we deserve to give that to ourselves that we show up that way. So that's interesting. I unfortunately hear... Um, Music in the background telling me that I need to go to commercial break. But when we get back, I'm going to talk more about, you know, what does that bully and abrasive behavior uh, look like? And um, how does that actually even connect to what we're hearing and seeing in our new laws out here in California that we have to do training on as relates to abusive conduct? And then finally, you know, what are some solutions we can get into as well? So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858 
858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Shube, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'm your host for today, Cheryl White, and with me today I have Jordan Goldridge, speaker, executive coach, and author of Workplace Warrior, People Skills for the No BS Executive. Uh, Jordan, I think before we went to break, you were, um, I think, sharing a little bit about your own self and kind of how that style came to be. Uh, for yourself, and I'm sure for many others, they relate to your story. Um, I was going to just share one of the things that came into effect in California in 2015 was adding to our AB one eight twenty five sexual harassment training requirement that abusive conduct be part of that. And abusive conduct um, kind of stated in that um, amendment was um, derogatory remarks, or I should say um, repeated affliction of verbal abuse, such as derogatory remarks and insult and verbal or nonverbal conduct that a reasonable person might find to be either threatening or, intom- or um, intimidating or humiliating or sabot- trying to sabotage or undermine another person's performance, yada, yada, yada. I mean, these are some of the things that were highlighted uh, in that amendment. When you talk about or frame in your book, you know, this whole concept of abrasive or bullying behavior, what does that look like in your mind? What, what are you talking about? Well, it can be a whole range from 
impatience and annoyance or a little bit of sarcasm, which might or might not by legal standards rise to the level of abusive conduct, all the way to some of the things that you talked about, derogatory remarks, insults, epithets, etc. So there's a whole range of mm-hmm, things that mm-hmm. it might be. Okay, and as I kind of did a, a quick, re, uh, quick read, kind of going through and skimming some of the highlights of your publication, um, one of the things I took away was your urging us to not identify uh, or, you know, to say that these are leaders that have been identified as an abrasive person or identified as a bully but not necessarily labeling them as such. Could you share a bit more with me with regards to your mindset uh, for that? Yes, yes. So the mindset is this. Most of the people who write about them or who talk about them call them demeaning names like jerk, toxic, snake, and there are a few others, a little bit more uh, colorful names that I won't go into at the moment. And I think that there is an element of irony, if not hypocrisy, in calling someone demeaning names because you want them to be more respectful. So that's number one. And then there's Mm -hmm. a second reason which okay. is whether or not they are experienced or perceived as, hot, as abrasive or bullies in many ways depends on the culture of the organization. So I had a client who was raised in the South who was reporting to a New York boss. The client was running a multi-million, a multi, I think maybe even a billion-dollar uh, division of a large international company. And the boss thought he was not confident enough. And I got around him, and I didn't see it. I thought he was very confident. But from the New Yorker's point of view, if you don't get in his face, you're, not, you're lacking confidence. And this person was very quiet and even. So I guess what I'm saying is that there is a cultural aspect. Partly, where do you come from? Uh, if you come from Germany versus England versus New Zealand versus one of the Asian countries, the how do you speak is going to be experienced very differently. And what is abrasive or even bullying in one culture is not in another. And then there's the organizational culture. So in many cultures, upsetting someone is considered abrasive or even bullying, even if what you're doing is having a very civil conversation with them about their lack of performance, for instance. So there's sort of this conversation going around lately that I'm aware of around workplace environments ought to be safe and people should never be threatened. And I agree if what you're talking about threatened is abusive, demeaning, threatening behavior. But if what you're talking about is holding them accountable and they cry and they get upset every time anyone doesn't agree with anything they did, that turns into a cultural issue of the organization. So whether or not what somebody does gets interpreted as bullying or abrasive is in in large part, or at least half part, determined by what is the culture and the understanding in the culture of how you should behave. 
Well, and and I agree um, to um, <clears throat> a good extent with regards to certainly everyone's perception is their reality. Um, and I also think that um, I also think that um, I've experienced this in the workplace, and I've experienced this in in home life with regards to um, you know a tone, a um, uh, a volume, or something being perceived differently. I, I think. Um, I think it, yeah, okay, well, I won't argue that one. If I argue well, that one, my husband would. Is it okay if I go with that a little bit because I think I know where you're going? <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's coming to mind for me is like I, I will, um, my husband will, will say that um, something that I said or maybe something that my son said was disrespectful. And I'm thinking, I don't think that sounds disrespectful. And at the same time, I could, I could, um, I can hear and see his point of view. I mean, I think, you know, our family dynamics are very different. And then in the workplace, I know when I first started doing mediations at the break, I had, and this was many years ago, I would have a person say, well, why did you let them yell at me? I said, they yelled at you? When did they yell at you? So, <laughs> because right. my um, my level of, of acceptance and okayness with someone that was excited and they might increase their volume doing their talking, they have more um, affect and their delivery style, you know, just seemed just to be that, just more affect, um, and not not disrespect if their um, if their passion or if their emotions came through in their delivery style. So anyway, all that was kind of going through my brain. What were your thoughts, uh, Jordan? Yeah. So the other thing I would say is that there is no excuse for demeaning abusive behavior. Yes, I and agree. Mm-hmm. When demeaning abusive behavior is directed at people, they have a variety of reactions. Some people know that, you know, this is not about me. This is about the giver. Or they may be offended, but they're not wounded. Mm-hmm. Other people react to it because their self-esteem is attached to whether or not somebody talks nicely to them. So there's a whole range and mm-hmm. I think that's the mm-hmm. other issue of what gets labeled as abrasive. So mm-hmm. one of my business partners and I both come from loud families. Um, I come mm-hmm. from, like I said, a New York Jewish family. I didn't say Jewish family. He comes from a um, Mexican family in uh, Texas is where he grew up. And we have remarkably similar styles. And my wife once said, you know, every time you talk to him, I think you're going to quit. And on the phone when she hears me and I go, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? We're just talking to each other, you know? So I really, I really do think a lot of it has to do with how you take it. And I think also uh, it has to do with the delivery. That's, yes. I, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's true mm-hmm. as well. No question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know which is which, but I, I do know, you know, we think about compassion, compassionate um, communication, and kind yes. communication, there's that old saying, you know, um, before you speak, ask yourself, is it true, is it kind, is it necessary? And, yes. um, and I think really practicing mindfulness around showing up in a way that we communicate where we are respectful. So in that mindfulness, meaning like what's happening right now, let me just um, recognize what's going on. Let me self-regulate so I can say this in a respectful way, and then let me respond. I think it becomes real important for us to show up in a way that uh, is respectful. 
I want to um, also just ask you to share, you know, what is your perspective on what causes this behavior, maybe even beyond, um, you know, how a person was nurtured and the receiver? Is there anything else in there that we haven't talked about that you think might be something that triggers uh, this behavior that one might see and um, label as abrasive or uh, bullish? Sure. That's a great question. Thank you. So my experience is that about 95% of the people that I talk to who are abrasive or who I know who are abrasive do not want to hurt people. That's not their goal. And there's a very good book by a woman named Laura Crawshaw, who is the only person I can think of who did some more research on this. Uh, Her book is called Taming the Abrasive Manager, and she, she also concluded that most of them don't want to hurt people, that, in fact, the behavior that's get, that gets labeled abrasive or that gets labeled as a bully is really a defensive reaction. So you might say defensive reaction to what? Most of these people are highly driven people. I call it warrior spirit. They, their self-esteem is tied to whether or not they're, be, they're the best at what they do, whether or not they're right, whether or not they achieve great things, and whether or not they're serving others. So interestingly enough, for nonprofit leaders, most of them are less concerned about achieving money or being the best. They're concerned about serving their population. And if the people around them don't seem to be as concerned and committed to serving the population that we're concerned that we're serving, a lot of the time they get very frustrated and angry and judgmental in a way that's experienced Mm -hmm. as abrasive. So So I want to put a a comma right there, Jordan, because we need to go back to commercial break. But when we come Uh, back, I do want to understand more. I I think we get the in the impact. I want to understand the intent so that we can hopefully support. Um, shifting um, a person's behavior just through more um, insight from our from our perspective or their perspective, and then really get to talking about you know what are some solutions um, so that we can have a respectful engagement in our workplaces. So stay with us. Be right back with more on leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, 
thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Shube, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, uh, speaking today about solutions and people skills for abrasive leaders, really the good, the bad, the unique perspective and solution for dealing with uh, abrasive leaders. We have the author of Workplace Warrior, People Skills for the No BS Executive with us, uh, Jordan Goldrich. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jordan. My pleasure to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and before we went to break, I kind of stopped you probably mid-sentence, and you were sharing with us the, um, you know, just maybe some of the insights around perspectives or causes, uh, intent. Uh, We kind of know the impact of this behavior that might show up as abusive or bullish. One of the things you said was that self-esteem kind of being connected to their being their best and yada, yada. I'm just going to toss it right back over to you. Okay, super. So yes, for most of them, they are very committed to being the best. Sometimes it's to being right. Sometimes it's to achieve great things or to serve others. And when their work team isn't living up to that, they feel personally attacked. And just to do a little tangent here, the piece that I haven't mentioned is that's the reason that they're valuable because they are so committed to getting it right and so committed to driving for results. I call that, again, their warrior spirit. And by the way, you can be a warrior whether you're male or female or no matter what ethnic background you come from. I'm not talking about uh, necessarily military warriors. Uh, Mm -hmm. We need that in our workplace. We need people who will drive results when people get comfortable. And that driving often as experienced as abrasive or even as bullying, even if it doesn't rise to the level of what would legally be considered abrasive or bullying, just because people don't want to be pushed and they take offense to that. So that's a piece of it. 
And then the second well, piece of it... I'm going to pause you and say, because you said just because people don't want to be pushed and they take offense to it, I mean, I, I think that sometimes is not just because they don't want to be pushed. It may be, um, you know, the tone, the delivery style. There's so much a focus on um, getting something done that the person who may be trying to accomplish the vision may um, do so in a way that lacks compassion in how they're talking. No question. And I think I agree with what you're saying, and part of the reason this is difficult to talk about is that it's paradoxical. So what is paradoxical? Paradoxical is conflicting messages or conflicting perspectives, both of which are true. So I I totally agree with you. Somebody talks to somebody in a bad tone of voice, in a disrespectful tone of voice, they get a reaction to it. On the other hand, I would argue that there are people in each workforce who are lower performers, who don't care, who don't think things through, and who are not as committed to getting great results as the person who's in charge. And I would argue that both of those things are going on. And Mm -hmm. again, there is no excuse for demeaning behavior But I'm also pointing out there's another side to it, which is you may have a a work culture that accepts mediocre performance and it's okay and people sort of Mm -hmm. don't want to even be talked to about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I hear you once. um, So this warrior spirit that you're talking about is this drive to kind of help make things happen and focuses on the deliverables and um, and in that space, um, the communication style uh, the behavior may be void of demonstrating caring. Yes, or it's experienced that way by some people and not others. So, there, mm-hmm. so if you have an uncommon desire to succeed, to achieve, mm-hmm. to serve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The people around mm-hmm. you are going to get tired of you. Now, mm-hmm. if you are an imperfect human being, and, as I was talking before, that when, when, when the results aren't what you want them to do, you take it as a personal attack, there's mm-hmm. a chance that you may start reacting with behavior that is experienced as bullying, it, bullying or abrasive. Mm-hmm. It may even rise to the legal level of bullying or abrasive. And it doesn't excuse it, but the reality of it is it's a defensive reaction. Okay, so the good may be um, the focus and the commitment to deliver. The bad is the impact it's having on others. What are some of the solutions? Okay, so some of the solutions are, and there's two different levels of solution. One level of solution is looking at your organization's culture. So, and there's two pieces to that. One is, do we have a culture that accepts mediocre performance and doesn't hold people accountable? and doesn't expect them to perform. Along with that, and then the other piece of it is, do we have a culture that tolerates this kind of behavior? My experience has been when I get called into work with an executive who is being experienced as abrasive or a bully, often they're not the only one. They're just the one that's most visible. And so the organization also needs to take a look at their culture from that end. Are we, are we encouraging that? Or are we tolerating that? Are we encouraging so were, what? Are tolerating what? Uh, mediocre performance? Tolerating or? disrespectful behavior. Oh, disrespectful behavior. Okay. I'm yeah. good to now. Okay. Yes. 
So then in terms of steps mm-hmm. in solving it, if the person is not the top person, if there's if there is somebody in the organization who has a higher is at a higher level, my experience has been often they don't tell them the impact of their behavior and that they want it to change. So when I get called in, I always ask to speak with their boss or with their uh, human resources people, and I ask what's been said. And very, very often, because it's, first of all, it can be a little scary to talk to them, but also most people don't like to deliver bad news. Often they haven't been told clearly that if you continue this behavior, there's going to be a consequence. Mm-hmm. So that would be number one. Okay. Number two would then be to meet with the person. And if, it, if this person is one of those people who is having a defensive reaction, typically similar to myself, underneath it all, there is some part of them that believes that people should be treated well and respectfully. So what I, what I always do is I try to work and find out, is there an intrinsic reason why you would want to make this change beyond that people are telling you you must? And in my experience, strangely enough, a lot of them are, are very religious people. And when it's pointed out that they're not behaving consistently with whatever their religion is and what, whatever their faith is, often they get very shocked and the change happens very quickly so my experience mm-hmm. is that this is not intended intended in most cases mm-hmm. there is a small group of people who enjoy hurting people and causing pain but mm-hmm. most of them do not want to mm-hmm. interesting from the um, religion perspective I think um, having worked with some churches and particularly Christian churches that may have had some challenges that's an interesting point because you know, most will say that the first commitment is around compassion, you know, love and action. It's loving God, loving right. yourself and others. And that although vision is really important, when um, people become so committed to their vision and they put their vision before that first commandment of demonstrating love and compassion, that is when we get rubs happening, you know, and say even within the confines of one of um religious institution or a church. Um, right. And so, you know, it, it's interesting to hear you say that because we will often say to them, remember the first love is compassion. So right. you want to get the vision done, but the vision does not supersede the, the um, commandment to operate in love. Yes. Uh, is it okay if I take a little deviation here on compassion? Sure. sure. So, mm-hmm. so within the last... 15 or 20 years or so, we've learned more about the brain than we knew many years before. Most of what I learned in high school and college about the brain is wrong. In particular, what we have now learned is that that by changing the way you think and what you focus on, you can build different neural pathways in your brain which will change how you react. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has evolved from that is that there is now in business leadership in Fortune 500 companies, there is a uh, movement around teaching what they refer to as mindfulness and beyond that, compassion cultivation. So what's happening now is the recognition that 
You're not going to get rid of that other set of conversations in your head that says they don't deserve it, but you build up another one that says I'm committed to compassion or I'm committed to grace or however you would say it from the background that you're coming. So the punchline of this... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the punchline of this is one of my missions in life is to cultivate compassion that my brain is mistakenly telling me that don't that they don't deserve it. Mhm. Mhm. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly because I feel like that has definitely been my life journey and is certainly something that I embrace as my mission, which is inspiring compassion and inspiring love. So <clears throat> that's another space where we absolutely connect and agree that I didn't even know. That's wonderful, Jordan. Well, super, super. <laughs> yeah. So I know that we have um, talked about, and I saw kind of listed in um, some of our previous discussions, five steps to engaging um, someone in this process, a solution of um, ridding them of this abrasive behavior. So it looks like we have to do another commercial break. But when we come back, maybe we can talk about um, these five steps beyond the um, boss's engagement and getting them to um, uh, the boss to say, hey, there's going to be consequences if this behavior continues, and then um, also kind of moving with and maybe beyond the other person's commitment to holding themselves to this higher level of performance with regards to um, compassion. I'm going to talk about these other, um, you know, just five action steps, so to speak, um, that we can engage someone in to really help uh, with um, advancing this notion of um, transforming our abrasive um, leaders uh, are those who tend to have abrasive behaviors or bullyish-like behaviors to someone where others feel respected by them. So stay with us. We'll be right back with those uh, five steps on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264 or send an email to dr white her email address is dr white at innovisions.org InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego california funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Shube, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White, your host for today, speaking with Jordan Goodrich, our um, author of Workplace Warrior, People Skills for the No BS Executive. Uh, Jordan is a speaker and executive coach. And I will say a recovered, <laughs> abrasively. Or, or recovering, okay. anyway. Oh, recovering, always in the motion. Is that is that it? Because I, I frame you as recovered. So recovering, huh? Trust all me, right. I have my moments. <laughs> I'm sure we all have our moments. So, um, Jordan, before we went to break, you were uh, I was asking you to share, and you were beginning to share, a little bit about those five steps to kind of changing um, behavior from that abrasive, um, uh, bullish leader to that respectful leader. Uh, I want to hear more about those five steps. Okay, super. Well, the first one is definitely... And maybe it's more than five steps as I'm, I'm saying these, but definitely the first one is if, if they have a boss, the boss needs to communicate to them. The next one is that they have to decide that there's an intrinsic motivation. They have to commit to doing it and that they would do it even if they weren't receiving pressure. The third piece would be to get some feedback from people. Uh, essentially say I need to, you know, I, I'm working on a goal. I want to develop more respectful communication do you think I'm working on the right thing, and what behavior would you want to see from me? Along with that, probably they need to apologize. And that's assuming that they genuinely believe they need to change their behavior. After that would be working. Usually you have to work with a coach or a counselor or somebody to identify the situations in which you said things that did not fit what your new commitment is and figure out how to say them differently, and also how to manage your own composure. So that's a, that's a big deal. So that could involve breathing exercises or meditation, uh, depending on what your uh, faith, religious background is. There may be some uh, prayers and other kinds of activities that you would do to surface around building compassion for others, recognizing and treating people with love and respect and then okay. following up okay. and finding out how am I doing? That's sort of mm-hmm. it in a nutshell. 
Okay, well, I think that's a, um, a good nutshell. So I'm hearing there's an admission state and there's a commitment state to a new vision for oneself, and that new vision is respectful engagement or respectful communication and being willing to um, receive feedback and apologize for, um, you know, when the behavior has been less than that and um, offensive. And in that... Um, Apology. There's an amendment with regards to um, agreeing to do something different, and then yeah. um, exploring new ways of showing up, and um, having that commitment to respectful communication. And so the, um, and I think so the steps one might say take place, and it sounds like a, just kind of taking it step by step. And there's a commitment to being anew, and it's. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and it's, I, I think and I it's a journey from what I just heard you say. It's it's a journey because it's not like I, I get there, I arrive, yeah. but it's an ongoing um, conscious commitment. Mindfulness might be helpful in this space or, or other things that really allows a person to stay intentional about um, their commitment to respectful communication. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And what else were you going to say, Jordan? Uh, the other piece I was going to say is that for people like this, they don't have to thoroughly remake their personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly acknowledging to other people that you get this way on occasion and giving them permission to react to it is very helpful. But my experience has been that if you can change your patterns 10 to 15%, it takes away 60 to 80% of the damage that's done by Mm-hmm. behavior that's perceived as abrasive or as bullying. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the, um, uh, so I, I've heard the good with regards to that warrior spirit can really serve as um, helping someone, you know, really be focused, make things happen in today's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. Uh, they can kind of charge and push through. And the bad is the impact it has uh, on um, relationships and the ability to not have their career stalled and be derailed and others not be in partnership with them to help make things happen. And so I've heard some potential solutions. Anything else that you'd like to um, add, um, you know, just any final thoughts on this topic for our listening audience? Well, just to summarize I really want to highlight this is difficult to talk about because there are conflicting messages in our culture about this kind of behavior. And each of those conflicting messages are true. So it's not about condoning abrasive behavior or bullying behavior. And it's not denying that people get hurt. And at the same time, it's suggesting that Uh, how someone takes something is based on how they take it and that people need to be encouraged. What I'm I'm thinking is I got insulted in school in the fourth grade and I came home and I'm remembering my father saying to me, yeah, I know it hurts and you're going to have to get used to it if if you want to be able to survive because this is what happens out there. You know, so there's an element of that and then there's also an element of is the culture overly protective within the company? And all of those things are true, and they do not cancel each other out, and that's what makes this so hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Jordan, if our listening audience wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do this? So, 
Well, I was hoping that I would have my landing page up by today. And as these things go, it's not. So I think the best way to get in touch with me would be to be at J.M. Goldrich, G-O-L-D-R-I-C-H, at gmail.com. And I would love to have conversation and talk about people when the landing page goes up. Part of my goal with this is to just introduce another perspective into the conversation that's out there about this kind of behavior and really ultimately to bring people together. Mm-hmm. So do you have a URL that will be um, coming that someone might check back for? Yeah, I don't have the URL yet. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, I'd say I have appreciated um, having uh, this conversation uh, with you. I know that it is um, it's a needed conversation. I'm, I'm really um, glad to discover your um, fondness around uh, the um, importance of compassion and, you know, how that in and of itself can, uh, a commitment to compassion can help someone commit to um, holding themselves to a, you know, higher level of performance that um, is braided in with their um, with their deliverables. I know here at the Neighborhood House, we have our commitment to service excellence, and the I is integrity, the C is courtesy, attentiveness, or I should say, service excellence is consistently delivering exceptional service that demonstrates I care. And I care is integrity, courtesy, attentiveness, responsiveness, and excellence. And that excellence really is that delivering that optimal quality service and product with professionalism. But we say if you get it all done, and you delivered in a wonderful way, and it's very effective, but you did not demonstrate compassion along the way, we've still missed the mark of excellence. So excellence requires compassion. And, yes. and I think um, being able to hold both of those concepts in our, um, in our actions and in our mind so that we are certainly focused on uh, achieving whatever goals we need to achieve and uh, also respectful of how we go about doing it uh, makes a difference in our being able to self-manage ourselves to be um, continuously respectful um, of ourselves and others in the workplace. So, again, thank you so much for supporting us in having uh, the conversation today. And we always want to say thank you also to our listening audience. Uh, we thank you so much for tuning in today and join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters. Informing leaders inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Leadership Matters.